Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Thanks to Kadri for hopping on with us, doing a little Baltimore chat. Look, I like the Ravens a lot. I do. Um... And I tend to agree with the fact that I think injuries really and truly played a big role in their demise last year because I still thought that they were one of the most dangerous teams in the league until Lamar went down. And, you know, they were able to compensate and overcome some of those other losses, especially on defense and whatnot and even in the backfield. But he's the the maestro. You know, he's the one that stirs the drink there. And once he was out of the mix, forget about it. Unfortunately, and you saw what happened. They missed the playoffs, and that doesn't happen very often under John Harbaugh. But they're well coached, and I expect them to get right back to where they were this year. And and believe it or not, I think they're winning the division. So they're my pick for the AFC North. We'll do all of our picks a little bit later on in the show next hour. We'll go through uh, each division, give you some picks, wild cards, Super Bowl, all those things. So that's what the time of year is, and we got our NFL kickoff tonight with the Bills, with the Los Angeles Rams. I know a lot of people are on the Bills tonight, you know, because they're, you know, they're the team to beat, according to most, right? They are the Super Bowl favorites. I mean, it's it's scary when you look at a team like the Buffalo Bills and just how many people have jumped onto the bandwagon that it almost gives you pause if you feel the same way. You're thinking, they, they, they can't be this good, right? Because if everybody and their mother is picking them to win, then you know that there's got to be a catch because how often does that really, you know, does that ever play itself out? Not often. Because there's always some weird things that take place along the way. And look, the Bills are good. I'm not going to tell you they're not. You know, Josh Allen is right up there in the MVP conversation. But as far as tonight's game goes, I know Buffalo's a two-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. At least that's the last line that I saw was, was uh, Buffalo minus two-and-a-half. I'm rolling with the dog. I'm rolling with the home team. And it's very rare that a team that wins the Super Bowl has that home game in the season opener, you know, is going to be a home dog. But, you know, that's what a lot of just goes to show you how well thought of the Buffalo Bills are this season. But I like the Rams in the game. Um, Am I nervous at all about the Matthew Stafford situation with the elbow? And maybe that's a little bit of a hindrance. And, you know, now you find out that he had a procedure done during the offseason, which might have slowed him up a little bit. But, you know, he's managed it, and it's all systems go, supposedly. But the Super Bowl champs, the defending Super Bowl champs since 2000 are 19-3 and in the season opener. And in most cases, it's been this, you know, Thursday night kickoff type of extravaganza. 19-3. and So that just gives me a little bit more fuel to go all in on the Rams. Plus, Sean McVay is a head coach, 5-0 all-time in week one. Why not make it 6-0 by getting this victory tonight? And by the way, about Sean McVay, let me say this. You know, and I got nothing against him at all. He's a good coach. You know, the guy's been to two Super Bowls already. He finally won one last year. But it's kind of comical. that Do you remember on Super Bowl Sunday last year when everybody and their mother, who was the so-called insiders, what were they reporting on game day, like that morning? There was reports that, well, 
Sean McVay might retire after this game and go into broadcasting, right? Aaron Donald might retire after this game, especially if the Rams win. I can't remember if there were any others. I thought those were just two at least. Well, Andrew Whitworth, everybody knew he was retiring. The left tackle was 58 years old, but, you know, he retired. But I never believed it for a second. You know that it was more of a posturing tool than anything else, and, and, and more often than not, those cases come down to money, and that's what the strict motivation is. And wouldn't you know it that Aaron Donald got a brand-new contract extension in the offseason, which makes him like one of the highest-paid players in football, rightfully so. He's, he's great. And Sean McVay today, the L.A. Rams tweeted out that Les Need, the GM, and Sean McVay, the head coach, both got contract extensions. Duh! Did you really think he was going to be walking away? Like, did anybody believe that that was going to happen? And I know that, look, there's a ton of money in television for a fraction of the work. Right? Like, if you're an NFL head coach, I mean, you're working what? 18-hour days? You know, you're in the office probably by 5, 6 o'clock in the morning, and you're not walking out of there until, you know, 10, 11 o'clock at night? That's the life of an NFL head coach during the regular season. But... If you work in television and you're calling games, I mean, what are you working, two days a week? If that, you know, you, you do a Zoom call now probably. You meet with the, the the upcoming coach and a couple of the players. You have your production meeting the night before the game on Sunday, and then Sunday you do the game, and that's it. A lot more stress-free. You don't have to stomach who wins or loses. You're not going to have sleepless nights because of a play that happened in the game, and the money's pretty damn good. And maybe that's where he's going to ultimately transition to. But, you know, he's 36 years old. This is his lifeblood. Coaching is all he's... Remember, he grew up in a coaching family. You know, his grandfather... His his, uh, grandfather was the uh, coach of the Giants, for crying out loud, (laughs) during their uh, infamous period in the 70s. You know? Then had a hand, of course, in shaping the 49ers, among other things. You know? So it's just... It's the way it is. It's his, it's his birthright, almost. He's not walking away. I mean, why would you leave a situation like this, a ready-made team? You know, you went out there and traded for Matthew Stafford last year. You finally got yourself a quarterback that, you know, you, you, you won with and you feel comfortable with. Of course he's going to tough it out, as he should. And he got paid. Not that he needed any more money, but, you know, he wanted to be compensated as a Super Bowl-winning head coach. But the Buffalo Bills, on the other hand, now let's tell it like it is. From top to bottom, 1-53, to 53, Buffalo might have the most talented roster in the NFL. They might be the most talented team in the entire sport. Now, that's not exactly music to the ears of Jets fans because you're going to have to play them twice. And that's going to be a handful to say the least. But this is a good team. This is a really, really good football team. And if they stay healthy, more importantly, if the quarterback stays healthy, I don't see anybody that's going to be able to stop them. They have a tremendous, tremendous home field advantage up there in western New York. And I think that ultimately that's the key for Buffalo. If the Bills find a way to get home field in the AFC, which I think is distinctly possible, good luck to a team in January going up there to Orchard Park and beating that club with those fans and in that type of an environment. I I, I just don't think it's going to happen. So I like the Bills a lot this year. Like them a lot. I just don't like them tonight. So give me the Rams plus two and a half in this game tonight, the season opener out there at SoFi Stadium. Yeah, there you go. You can lock it in. Why not? Even though it's a, that's not going to be an official pick of ours, we'll do the official picks tomorrow on our Football Friday. But as far as just, like, getting you set for the kickoff game, 
Rams. Front of their fans, plus the two and a half. 800-919-3776. Take some of your calls, NFL picks, predictions. Love to hear them. We will also do some baseball coming up at 8.30. Jim Duquette, former Met GM. You can see him on SNY, MLB Network Radio as well. Dan Gross, the show till 10. It's 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Looking at this week one slate, a little tricky. You know, even I'm in like 9 million survivor pools. And it's just, it's hard to like, like you, it's hard to believe that, you know, you want to jump in with two feet and feel confident when you make a pick like that. That's the, that's, that's the name of the game, right? But week one, you just have no idea about these teams. And you have upsets that happen in week one. Like, I, I brought up the Jaguars a couple of years ago. Jaguars, you know, upset the Colts in week one in uh, 2020, and then they never won another game the rest of the season. You know, you just don't know. Like, there could be one of those this week that, like, knocks you out of the pool. Losing in week one is awful. Like, whenever you're in one of them pools and you, and you get beaten the first week, I mean, you feel soulless. You feel empty inside. You feel like, you know, just the world is just dumping on you. You don't know what the hell you're doing, what you're talking about. You thought you had this whole thing figured out. And he can't even get the first game right. Because it's hard now. Nobody plays in the preseason anymore. So you don't even know what these teams are going to be. I mean, we think we know, but we don't. We're all GMs. We're all GMs here. We're all GMs until we're not. That's the problem. Um, 2-1 Yankees, by the way, in the fifth inning in the Bronx. Nestor Cortez, first start back, member, So he was on a little bit of a pitch count. He uh, left this game in the fifth inning, as a matter of fact. So, right now, um, credited for four innings plus, two hits, an earned run, two Ks, 58 pitches. So, I mean, they really did not want to tax him. Aaron Boone probably said to himself, he's like, well, you know, it's Minnesota. I mean, if we can't beat Minnesota, then we'll be fine. 
you know, we'll be able to piece this thing together. I think what he would like to avoid more so than anything else, though, if he's if you're Aaron Boone, is you don't want to go too, too deep into the bullpen tonight. Because he had the two games yesterday where he used a lot of pitchers, and you got Tampa Bay coming in this weekend. Those are huge games. I don't have to tell you. They're, they're extremely Extremely important games right now when you're talking about this race. A race which right now is five games. Tampa is off, but they're winners of three straight, and they're playing. I'll tell you, you got Atlanta in the National League, and then you got Tampa Bay in the American League in terms of, like, teams that are playing as well as anybody right now in Major League Baseball. Let's go back to the phones. David, New Jersey. He's up next, 98.7 ESPN. David, how are you? Hey, guys. How are you tonight? What's up, Dave? Oh, nothing much. I, I I know this is going to sound crazy, but I was listening to my, uh, Michael K was talking about Anthony Rizzo. Yeah. And he's on the IL. And when he's laying down, he doesn't have a headache. And when he stands up, he gets a headache. And the same thing happened to me after I had my knee replaced. And what happened was I got they gave me a spinal mm-hmm. to do it. And if it leaks when they give it to you, it can cause headaches. And I was laying there for like three and a half days with this headache. And a young doctor came and he said, drink a can of Coke. And the caffeinate, the, the caffeination in the can of coke helps with the headache. Really, it sounds crazy. I, no, I mean, no, I, know, yeah. I've I've heard that actually. Like I've heard it the other way around in terms of like if you're if you have like this, I don't want to say it's a habit, but like if you're used right. to maybe like drinking a lot of coffee, for example, and then right. you decide like you know one night or one day or two you don't have it, and then sometimes like the headaches appear because you're almost experiencing yep. like that caffeine withdrawal. So it like works both ways, right? And my headache was was gone. Like, it was the same exact thing. I laid in bed. I had no headache. And they would come in and try and get me up to walk around because that's what they do. And as soon as I stood up, it was like someone was hitting me in the head with a baseball bat. So it, it, it didn't back down. That didn't kick it for good, like drinking the soda. Like, it, the, the headache still it, came back. But that was what the cure was whenever you decided to drink the soda. Right. But not nearly. That, but, like, I drank the Coke. I laid there. And, I, and when I got up, the headache was, like, subsided substantially. And then it was gone that day interesting it was it was the most amazing thing i've i mean the, the, it was a young doctor i was like god bless you i mean thank you for coming in to see me because nobody else had a clue and i just heard this like i had to call somebody <laughs> well you know what's funny about so it Dave? like you said it, to me it, it's a young doctor right and i'm sure yep. that dude probably rang up how many like tens of thousands of dollars in in you know <laughs> in medical school loans and, right. and debt and all that stuff all for the yep. simple solution of, eh, hey, drink a can of Coke, you'll be fine. To tell me to drink a can of Coke. Yeah. But I, I, I'd love to be able to tell tell Rizzo, just try it. I mean, what can it hurt to, to try it, to drink a can of Coke and see if it helps at all? But uh, I feel for him because it's, it's not a normal headache. It, and my wife knew it the second it happened. My wife said, you have a spinal headache because when they give you the needle, if it leaks, you'll get the headache. And my daughter's a labor and delivery nurse, and she said the same thing. She goes, the doctor should have known as soon as he did that that you were going to get the headache. Dave, let me and tell you should... something. Like, I, like we sit here every night for three hours. You know, we have fun. We give you some good information. We bounce things off each other and all that stuff. I think this might right. be the most informative thing that we have <laughs> that we have distributed to the airwaves probably in the month or close to the month that we've been on the air doing this show. Think about it. It's got nothing to do with sports, really. It's about drinking a can of soda. <laughs> drinking Great. a can of soda. Dave? I really appreciate you listening to me, not thinking I'm some crazy person, because it really did happen to me. So, but uh, if you can pass it on, and Rizzo can drink a can and get back to playing baseball, be a beautiful thing. Dave, that's going to be our objective so. for the next seven days. But hang in there, you know, <laughs> crack open a few cans of soda so that headache stays away, right, buddy?
Oh, you're a good man. Thank you. All right, David, you'll be good. And th- that is going to be our mission for the next seven days for when Aaron Boone comes on again next Thursday at 4 o'clock. I know Aaron's not listening to the show now, but I think Aaron might go back and download the podcast and listen to the podcast, which you can do, by the way, on the ESPN New York app, ESPNNewYork.com. That's where you find the show. Apple, Google Play, right? All the, all the places you get your podcast, that's where you find this show if you can't listen to it live. And, you know, I understand a lot of people can't because people are busy. I get it. But Aaron Boone, we need to get the message to him because I don't know if the Yankee doctors were able to figure this out or the trainers. Like, you know, hey, hey, Rizzo, you know, go drink a can of soda because soda's frowned down upon to a lot of guys now, right? All the sugar and it's not good for you. But we will pass the message along some way, somehow, by next Thursday so that Rizzo gets his caffeine fix. Now, I wonder what I should have asked, though, like, is it just a can of soda or is it like any type of caffeine? Like, does coffee work? Does tea work? Like, if you, you know, have that, is it the same thing? I don't know. What about, like, diet soda with all that, like, Nutrisweet I stuff? Hope, I hope not. Diet soda is so disgusting. I just never understood what it was. A lot really of people cool. are into that, though, man. Like, like the diet, like, well, I'll tell you this. Like, the Diet Dr. Pepper, like, people will swear up and down that that's, like, it's close to the real thing. I don't think it's close to the real thing. I would, I would even, listen, if if I wanted to get off a of soda, I'd just go to water automatically. It's no, it's no in between for me. You a big soda drinker still? Uh, I probably have, like, a. Maybe like a can for like every greasy food I have. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I need something to break down the food. I, man. I know, I know. I like how you, I, I like how you point the finger at the food though, and you blame the food. It's like, no, it's not me. It's the food. I got, you know, I, I need something that, that goes with the meal better. I mean, to to be honest with you too, I mean, today I did have a salsa water, so I do feel a little better than I do. Yeah, that, that's better. You know, sometimes you want the bubblies. I get it. It's all good, but yeah, I mean. I, I've knocked off soda, like, big time over the, like, the last, I would say, like, four or five years. I'm, I'm barely touched the stuff. Barely touched the stuff. Uh, Robbie in Mass, he's up next. Dan Grosser Show. Rob, how we doing, my friend? Dan, I want you to go to your window. I want you to open up your window and say, I'm mad as hell, and I can't take it anymore. little oh network God, action? Throw, yeah. Can we throw Aaron Boone out the window? I mean, please, please, is this what we want? Starting pitchers that pitch four and and, and a, a third of an inning? I mean, Gary Sanchez gets a hit. Oh, my God, Nestor Cortez is he's in trouble. It's the fifth inning. I got to take him out. Can we tie this guy down to the dugout? Can we serve him a meal? Can we give him, like, a three- or four-course meal, Dan, please? Can we just keep Aaron Boone from just trying to just, like, come out of the dugout? Aaron, just sit back, man, lay back a little bit. Dan, I can't take it anymore. Well, I mean, baseball has gotten so stupid. This is what we want. Do we really want, guys, everybody hits 225? Do we want a, a sport where we have a, a, a game where, you know, our leading bat, you know, batter is at 245 with a batting title, where we have guys that win 12 games and win the Cy Young Award? I mean, I've never seen anybody hit under 200 more in my life than I've ever seen now in baseball, Dan. It's disgusting to watch. And this is the analytics. Oh, it's the third time around the order. You know, nobody told that to uh, Gidry when I was a kid or to Clemens when I was, you know, in my college days or, you know, to, to the big unit or to guys when I was young like Tom Seaver or Bob Gibson. I mean, who the hell thought of all this crap, Dan, honestly? Bill James. I mean, yeah. Can we just can we just scratch Bill James's name and just get rid of it? Can we take it right out of the uh, you know the, the baseball hall of fame? I always live two hours from Cooper's house, so maybe I can go up there and get a little eraser and maybe take his name and Harold Baines's out as well. I mean, 
Dan, I don't understand this. What? Why? Why does Nestor Cortez get removed after giving up a run in, in the in the fifth inning? Well, because like you, you said, Rob, it's the, it, it's the pitch. Ca- I, look, I agree with you. You know what I'm saying? More often than not, I'm going to agree with you, and I thank you for the phone call. But they're trying to be extra careful. Yankees. I know you can be critical of the manager. I know that he's not everybody's cup of tea. I get it. And clearly, you know, Robbie's not the president of the Aaron Boone fan club. But I can almost side with it for the fact that you have all these injuries with your, the Yankees right now, and the last thing that they can afford to have happen is to lose somebody like Cortez, who's now going to be even more relied upon, given you look at that rotation, and you don't know what the hell you're getting other than Garrett Cole. You have no idea. And this is one of the guys you actually feel good about, but he hasn't done it this late into a season before. So they're pretty much going to keep him in bubble wrap for the rest of the year. Have him go out there, throw his five innings, maybe six, then get him out of there and make sure he's healthy for October. Bills are on the board already. Opening drive touchdown to start the season. Nine plays, 75 yards. Josh Allen and Gabriel Davis, 26-yard touchdown. Bills are good. Breaking news. We come back. Talk some baseball. Jim Duquette, former Met GM, now SNY, MLB Network Radio. Help us break down the Mets, the Yanks, and all the pennant races here for the final push of 2022. Dan Grasso Show, 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Bill strike first after a 7-0 lead on the Rams early in the first quarter, of course. Yankees and Twinkies nodded at two in the fifth inning, but I mean, come on, we know who's going to win that game. I mean, is there any point in sitting here debating it? We know the Yankees are going to find a way to get it done. You know, something occurred to me as I was thinking about this here with the um, with the Bills. And I know that's only one drive, but, you know, obviously a lot is expected of them this year. Brian Dayball got the giant job in particular for what he did up in Buffalo what he did in helping Josh Allen develop into the one of the premier quarterbacks in the National Football League. I'm curious if you're a Giant fan. Have you had that thought cross your mind any that, okay, what happens if the Buffalo Bills, what happens if the Buffalo Bills go out there and continue to not miss a beat and they just continue to put up yards, put up points? Josh Allen plays at an MVP level, but Brian Dayball's down here with the Giants. So, does any skepticism maybe creep into your mind that, like, okay, maybe Brian Dable wasn't entirely as much of a factor in Buffalo as opposed to maybe what we thought? Not to say that he's not a quality football coach. I mean, that's ridiculous. Of course. But they look like a machine. They look like a machine. Waiting for Jim Duquette talk some baseball with Duke here in a couple of minutes with the Mets off and the Yankees finishing up this series against the Minnesota Twins trying trying to see if they can get this four game sweep which would be immensely immensely important for this Yankee team given how much they've been scuffling and really like I said I don't think they're completely out of the woods just yet given the injuries and how ineffective this lineup has been not named Aaron Judge and if you you look tonight for example You know, he does have a base hit, but you just wonder how many times he's going to get the opportunity to swing the bat and if teams are going to pitch to him if they don't have to for the rest of the season. Anyway, as promised, we want to go out to the guest line right now and bring in our next guest. He's the former Met GM. You see him now on SNY. You hear him on MLB Network Radio. It is our good pal, Jim Duquette. Jim, thanks for hopping on. How are you? 
Good, Dan. How are you? How's oh, everything? Everything is outstanding. Uh, let's start with the Yankees situation here. Um, sure. Minnesota has always been the cure-all for them for the last pretty much 20 years, not necessarily so much over the last yes. few days. You know, what you've seen from them here this week, does it alter your outlook for them in any way, or do you take it with a grain of salt in the fact that, yeah, it's Minnesota? I have to take it with a grain of salt. I really do. I mean, you know, these are teams that they should win, right? It's kind of like the Mets with the Pirates. Like, they should be they should be beating these teams. So, you know, it's kind of like I don't want to discount it. Um, I don't want to you know, sit there and say, well, okay, you know, so what? You know, I mean, Minnesota's in a pennant race, right? So, like, it's legit. Uh, they're beating them. But, I mean, I mean, we, you know, we got to look at the records. we got to look at the fact that they're in, basically, they're in Minnesota's heads. There's, there's no doubt. I think they're winning for – What's the ridiculous winning percentage? I feel like it's like it's like a thousand to twenty, like a thousand wins to twenty losses. Like it's been so ridiculous. Um, you know, it, it, and I'm not that far off, by the way, in the exaggeration because yeah. they just they it, they find ways to, to lose, right? They found they found a way to lose in game one uh, yesterday. You know, obviously uh, game two didn't go well for them either. Like it's just even you know whatever the, whatever the result is today, it doesn't matter. Minnesota just cannot beat the Yankees. Um, and so, you know, when I when I see those type of wins, it doesn't make me feel that much better that um, the Yankee struggles are over. So, yeah, I, I still think we have to see them here you know, down the stretch, what, the, what it looks like over the next 25, 30 days. Where do you get offense from if you're the Yankees for the next few weeks? LeMahieu's now on the shelf. You know, Stanton's still not on in the lineup. I mean, he may or may not return this weekend after fouling that pitch off of his foot. You'd be hard-pressed to find anybody else in that group who's actually contributing, not named Aaron Judge. If you're Aaron Boone, where do you get offense? Who do you look to to be able to provide a spark? I mean, it, it, it's young guys almost, unfortunately. I mean, Benintendi's gone too. Right. I, I, you know, if Stanton came back, I'd feel a lot better. But I think it comes down to... Barraza and Cabrera, which I can't even believe that we're talking about that because, you know, these are young guys that weren't even on the radar. And I don't even think you were thinking um, that they would be up at the major league level at this point, you know, just the way the Yankees are. So, I, you know, I, I look at, you know, kind of Palefa with this, you know, again, he's hitting what I would view as, uh, you know, mid-level pitching right now. He's not hitting top pitch, top-notch pitching. You know, he's, he's in a little bit of a run. Hicks, you know, we know what he's done over the course of the season. Just because he did something well for a, a day or two, you know, you're going to have to look at this, you know, over a, a little bit longer period of time before you feel a little more comfortable. So, I mean, outside of Judge, if Stanton was healthy, I'd say, okay, he's the guy. Like, he, for me, he's the big guy. We'll see with Rizzo when he's coming back. Hopefully, after that epidural, he's not going to be out for a while. But they're, they're, in, a, they're in a tough spot right now. The way I view it, um, because there's no reason, even with nobody on base, to really give anything much to for Aaron Judge to hit. On that note, do you think that he'll have a chance to break this home run record, or do you think that he's just not going to get enough opportunities to do it? The American League record, I think he still has a chance. I didn't think so, and they keep, you know, why teams are pitching to him over the last week. I don't know. I really do not know. The only, the only thing that you know, keeps uh, opposing pitchers and teams honest is getting guys on ahead of them. Or if you have to move judge to the leadoff spot, which is not ideal, but if that helps, you know, get him up an extra at bat on a given night, 
um, then then I'm all for it. But I, you, know, I, you know, really, when you look at the ideal position for Judge, it's in a two or three hole, as long as somebody ahead of him is getting on base. And if that's the case, and that puts pressure on the opposing you know, pitchers to pitch to him. But man, we just have not seen that offense for too long a period of time for the Yankees to, to really feel like that, that that you can actually bet on that, right? So right. I think for, for Judge, if he's able to if he's able to you know, the one thing the one good thing about Judge right now, I don't know if I've seen a player that's locked in like this. You know, even even in McGuire days. You know, you made a mistake in McGuire, or maybe it was Bonds. Maybe that might be the comparison. Those two guys, you know, and Bonds, Bonds had the overall record. Like, um, you know, judges locked in like that. If, if a pitcher makes one mistake, he punishes them. Uh, so, so that's why I feel like he can beat the, the American League record. You know, he's not gonna he's not gonna beat the overall no. record, but I think the 61 is definitely within reach. No, no question. And he's definitely gonna make some money in the offseason. We all could pretty much guarantee that. We're talking with Jim Duquette here on the Dan Grosser Show, 98.7 ESPN. I'm assuming the Houston Astros, in your opinion, are the team to beat coming out of the American League. Do you think you can make a case right now that the Yankees are number two on that list, or do you think that there's another team in the AL that has leapfrogged the Yankees? I mean that's a fair question. I think they are still the number two team. I, I can't listen. I cannot um, uh, de- deflect the fact that what they've done so far over the 135 games, whatever it is that they've that they played. I mean they're still very a very good formidable team. I mean you watched Cole the other day, watching him on the mound, um, pitching that way, and if Armand's pitching that way and Severino comes back, like you know to me they're a formidable team. They're but a close runner-up to Houston and the Yankees, the way the Mariners are playing mm-hmm. right now, I wouldn't discount them. And I wouldn't I wouldn't discount – I just watched Toronto take three or four from Baltimore. And they have been inconsistent as all get out the whole season. But they look to me like they're starting to figure it out. And they're the team that scares the crap out of me because they're really well-rounded. Their offense is good. Like you know, a little right hand. I mean, you can find weaknesses right. in any of these teams, but um, you know, their 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 lineup is deep. Uh, hopefully, Guriel's not out for a while, but but that offense uh, can put up some some crooked numbers on you in a hurry. They're pitching. Guriel's pitched well against the Orioles. He looks like he might be trying. He might be figuring out. You can't go wrong with Manoa and Gosman. The both of those guys are in the Cy Young conversation in America, and I think their their bullpen is far better than it's what it used to be. So. I think those are all the kind of top teams. There's not an elite team like the Dodgers, right? You know, in the National League or the Braves or the Mets. Like, it's not that team in the American League outside of Houston for me. Um, but you've seen it too. Like, you can go on a run in, the, in, the, in October, and you know, it doesn't matter what. At some point, you know, what you did or how you how you ended after 162. If you get on that run. Uh, like we've seen some of these teams, and I think all of those teams I just mentioned are legit enough to to make a deep run. Talking baseball with Jim Duquette here on ninety eight seven ESPN. Let's switch over to the Mets. They get an off night here before going down to Miami to take on the Fish this weekend. They avoid Sandy Alcantara, so that's at least a step in the right direction. You concerned at all about this offense? The way they've been scuffling a little bit of yeah. late. You think they're burned out? And obviously, I mean, there's not going to be any moves that they can make to add to it. Where do you think that's going to leave them the last few weeks of this regular season? I'm concerned about the offense. I, again, kind of to the same point where I just talked about with the Yankees. Just because they beat on the, the, the lowly Pirates, 
And that was some mediocre pitching that they were hitting. Um, I, like, you can't discount – you can discount a little bit. I, I don't want to, like, totally disregard what they did. I mean, 15 runs is more that they had in two games than they've had, what, almost over the recent, like, five or six games. But you – know, and, and they don't have a real difficult schedule, as we know, down the stretch. But, uh, you know, they need – they need a Alonzo – uh, to stop pressing, as we've seen. He's been pressing here lately, and I think the Dodgers kind of exposed what's going to happen in the postseason. They're going to jam him inside, to, you, know, you know, not let him get his hands extended, and they're going to continue to pitch on that inner third and off the plate, see if they can get him to chase. Um, and, and so, you know, he's going to have to... Uh, I, I like where they put him in the two spot. You know, with Marte out, I like what Buck did with him, mm-hmm. and that's his best... I, you know, if you look at uh, Lonzo's career, his OPS is over 900 in the two hole, so I like him in that spot, and I like Lindor, you know, protecting him behind there. Um, but somebody else has to do some some damage in that lineup, you know, and that's where my biggest concern is right now. Uh, unfortunately, the DH position has not given them the offense here lately that I thought it would. Yes, and you know, Escobar maybe he's heating up. We'll see. How concerned should you be about Max Scherzer right now? I, I know that it's his second time to the DL, they say, or the IL. They say that this is, you know, more on the precautionary side. But given his age and, you know, what happened to him late in the season last year, like, do you think this is a cause for legitimate concern? I, I don't – I'm not as concerned because Max isn't. Like, I trust – there's certain guys I trust, right? I trust Max in his assessments. Um, you know, and, and that, we only have his track record to his point. And when, you know, you saw his interview, like I did, like it, he was like, listen, I, he, he was fighting them to go on the IL. They put him on the, the injured list because, you know, they needed the roster spot. They needed to, they needed to, uh, you know, fill it with, you know, whatever, pitcher, position player, you know, however they feel. And, and I, they can be conservative with him to a degree. But I think, um, you know, it, it's borderline whether he could have made his second start. Uh, you know, if he was missing one, he could have made the second one. Well, you know, it seemed like to me, listening to him, that he was a little, he would never say this, but it seemed like he was a little like, mm, I don't think I need to go on the IL, but the team took that decision out of my hands. It's in essence paraphrasing what he said. And I would have done the same thing if I was Billy Epler, because, you know, in some ways you can't afford it for Scherzer to have a misstep here and miss a longer period of time or even miss a postseason game. Like that is your, that's your bread and butter. He and DeGrom in October. The only chance you had to go into the World Series against the Badgers or Braves is if you have those two guys healthy. So you better better off being cautious there. No doubt about um, it. So I am not concerned. I am not as concerned. You know, and, and I guess the one area of concern also, apart from a pitching side, you have to look at is the bullpen right now, specifically in regards to building that bridge to Edwin Diaz. You know, you don't know if you necessarily trust a lot of those guys. The one thing that I brought up, Jim, and what I would like to see happen, and I, I know maybe they've kind of kicked this around a little bit, when Tyler McGill is ready to go, why don't they try him as a late-inning reliever guy? I mean, he's got good enough stuff. If he's, a, you know, could maybe pitch a seventh and eighth inning, help bridge that gap to Diaz, I think that is a worthwhile alternative. you think so? I do, too. I, I think, uh, for me... That's that's a role that they need to explore, and you know, there's. It, it, here's what's hard about that. Like, I love the idea, but at what point you don't know how he's going to perform, right? So, if you are you going to really put him in a key situation uh, against 
you got San Diego coming into town, or some of these, some of these, any of them. Let's, let's take the Nationals. It's one step at a time. You face the, the Nationals or the Marlins, or and you give them that opportunity. Are you willing to potentially cost yourself a game because you don't know how he's going to respond to that? It's a really tricky spot for me to, to see if he can do it. Try to get that answer, knowing that there's a risk that he might cost you the game. So that, that's a, you know, in a pennant race, you know, it would be a lot easier if they had a four or five game lead. You're like, I, I'm going to take this, I'm going to take this spot right here, and if I lose, I lose, but I I learn something about McGill. So, you know, in theory, I agree with you, but in practice, it's hard to to find a spot that you're willing to bring them into in a key situation, and so that answer becomes really elusive to you. You know, it's, I've been in that spot before. You're like, God. I wish I could get that answer. You just don't know. I think he can do it like you, um, and I think that's going to be what it, what it takes. Bucks is just going to have to go, you know what, I don't have another option. I'm sending him out there, and I'll, I'll sink or swim with him and see what happens. Even if he does it or doesn't, I don't know if we'd have the answer. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think that he he gives you – he has the stuff, and he shows strikes. Last so, th- you know, versus David Peterson, who um, has the stuff but doesn't throw strikes. You know what I mean? Right. That's the difference between the two for me. No, hundred. You're spot on with that. You don't know what you're getting from Peterson necessarily here. Um, final thing, and and I know it's tough. We still got you know three and a half weeks left or whatever it is. Do you think the Mets hold off the Atlanta Braves in this division? Oh man, um, I can make big money with the correct answer here. Oh yeah, big money on the gambling circuit. Which I'm, not, which I'm not doing. I'm not advising Dan. But if I was advising you, I would say I think they can hold him off. But, but again, take that advice with a grain of salt. Uh, I think their schedule is weak enough. Uh, and I think that the pregame set, if they can line up their pitching the, the, way, the right way in Atlanta, I think, they can, I, I think that's going to end up being the difference in the division. In a perfect world, they'd probably like to have this thing wrapped up before that Atlanta series. But the way things are going, I don't know if that's the case. I'll tell you, if it, if Atlanta goes into Seattle this weekend and beats up on the Mariners, that will cause Met fans to sweat mightily, I think, down the stretch. Oh, you know it. You know it. I, I, I'm with you on that. I think that's the good news is, you know, I mean, here, the Marlins, they should be able to take two or all three. And I think there's a there's a good chance that the Marlins could beat the I mean the, the Mariners could beat the Braves two or three. So maybe they can pick up a game or two here. We'll see what happens. Jim, thanks for a couple of minutes, my friend. As always, we'll be doing it again here real soon as we get closer to the finish line. But thanks for hopping on. Anytime, buddy. See you. All right, there is Jim Duquette, former Met GM. You see him on SNY and uh, hear him on MLB Network Radio. Yeah. So Mets miss Alcantara this weekend down in Miami. Braves miss Luis Castillo. In Seattle, but they do have to deal with Robbie Ray, reigning American League Cy Young winner, of course, in those three games. It's I'll tell you, and, and you can't sit here and play the win-loss game, as we know, given the fact that the Mets struggled against Washington, and you know they they didn't look great in you know that first game against the Pittsburgh Pirates, as we know. You just can't just look at the records and say, oh, they'll win this, they'll, unless it's Yankees Twins. Yankees Twins is the only one that we know how it's going to play itself out. All these other ones, got to play the games. This. Is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs>